This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. No days off. No days off. No days off. No days off. This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest bump. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal, 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 Hannibal. Mr. Dot Commer on WEEI.com. I haven't done one of these in a while because you were on uh, vacation last week and then we had the Cam Newton stuff. I think it was like two weeks, so like almost, we've gone like almost 20 days without a podcast. Jiminy Christmas, let's go. I should have done one solo last week. You should have. There's plenty going on. I don't know if you heard. A new superstar quarterback in town. I guess the, that was the last time we did our podcast was the day after Cam Newton signed. Um, stuff's come out since, you know, the actual details of the contract, which is very, very team friendly. Um, you know, Newton's done his Instagram hype videos, did his YouTube roundtable with OBJ, Todd Gurley, and those guys um, this week. I guess, what are your, has your opinion of the signing changed since it first happened? No, I'm still where I was that it immediately adds excitement because it has added excitement over the last couple weeks since he's been here. Unfortunately, the excitement will be tempered by the fact that there'll be no fans in partial media at training camps. One, we one camera to... there. Yeah, like, I mean, if, if he were taking part in joint practices and in training camp and that, like, I think it'd be really fun. It'd be a, a really... Be one of the more exciting stuff. training camps we've had, yes. Right. Um, and it's especially since he's the quarterback, it's not like whatever great, you know, Revis or Moss, like they're kind of secondary players, whereas the quarterback is in this. And even if he's not in the huddle, it's, oh, why is Jared Stidham in the huddle? Like, you right. know, is Jared Stidham the starter? But unfortunately, a lot of that's going to be limited by the coronavirus and however things play out over the next month or two. Um, but I still, I mean, let's just use his own words in the uh, OBJ uh, YouTube discussion. He admits that the last two years he hasn't put crap on tape. Basically, he hasn't been good for two years. Fully admits that. Um, and then the secondary part, I find it fascinating that the very first thing he said, you know, if you believe him, right. was "Whoa, whoa, whoa! How are Belichick and I gonna mesh?" <laughs> like that's. I, I find that entertaining and fun that he can be that honest. Um, now, I don't think that mesh part will be that big of a deal. I think they'll find their happy medium. Well, it's not even them two, really. It's, it's the relationship you care more about is him and McDaniels. Right. But even that, I think, will be fine. Although I did ponder, and I don't remember this. Maybe you can. So Josh McDaniels was supposedly, you know, a candidate for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, the, the athletic reporter for Carolina said that, that McDaniels didn't like him. So, yeah, he, he goes there. He's going to get rid of him, and now he's here. 
trying to rehab his career because who knows? He's in a post-Brady world. He's lost his meal ticket. He didn't get a job last year. If the offense stinks this year, who knows how his sort of resume starts to look. And then he's attached to a quarterback he may not have liked, although the quarterback is already saying, McDaniels, you can call some stuff you never called before now. Right. Um, so I think that's interesting. And then you add in sort of the Tim Tebow stuff or the, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo when they kind of tweak some things for him or the Jacoby Brissett and, you know, Josh's creativity. And then you mix in Jed Fish and how he's – I think all of that, that's really interesting. But the bottom line is still we don't know if Cam can play. We don't know if Cam is still Cam. And, I mean, in all – it's not likely that he stinks, right? Like no. It's it the two things that are very unlikely in my opinion are he stinks and he's 15 and 1 MVP camp. Reality is going to be somewhere between right. those two poles. Right. Um and then you mix in the fact that the weapons aren't that good, you know, whatever you think right. the weapons are. Um so now you're saying well he kind of needs to be closer to the good cam who could carry an offense, who could, you know, make those around him better and be the centerpiece and all that. But we still have no real reason. I mean, it's great that he's doing all his hype videos and he's sweating after doing stadium steps and working out with Sanu. And who, by the way, working out with Sanu is not that valuable to me because I think there's a chance Sanu is not a Patriot come September. Yeah, um, he but seems to be. Sanu's acting like he's, you know, walked. Like, even his trainer called the wide receiver one in one of the first workouts he did. Like, uh, yeah. hello. <laughs> yeah. what, what are we doing here? I mean – but people buy into it. Oh, it's a good right. thing he's working with Sanu. I don't give a rat's ass if he's working with Sanu. I'd like more time with Edelman. I'd like more time with James White. I'd like more time with Devin Asiasi. Right. Like that, it, there's a greater likelihood those three guys are sort of core targets. Hell, Nikhil Harry is a big one. Like that's an yes. important one. Oh, that's good. Yes. You hope you, but Sanu, in a best case scenario world, he's like your fourth or fifth option. And I think there's a chance if, you know, if Marquise Lee looks healthy and Jacoby Myers looks good, he's gone. I agree. You just you save six and a half million dollars. Um, but the bigger picture, like just the, it, it's brought excitement. You don't have to talk yourself into Jared Stidham like we did for months. Oh, and the Jared Stidham era, this and that. No, you have a superstar quarterback. I don't know if he can play anymore, but you have a superstar at the quarterback position. What are your uh, ex? Like, what would be assuming he's healthy? What would be a good season for Cam Newton? Um, like, what, do you, what, what are the expectations? I mean, the expectations for me are, like, I thought they were maybe a 7-9 and nine team without Cam Newton. I think if Cam Newton is good, and I'm not saying, like, MVP Cam, but good, I think you can raise those by three wins, three to four wins. Like, okay. I don't eliminate now a 10-win season with Cam Newton because he has been that guy and best case scenario. Now, it, again, it's unlikely it's best case scenario, but best case scenario, he's a pro bowl caliber quarterback, if not an MVP caliber quarterback. So I think there's a, you know, if you say good season, given everything that's on around him, which means some of the questions will go bad. Like maybe Edelman looks old, but right. maybe Nikhil Harry looks good. So those right. balance each other out. Right. Um, Maybe Sanu is done, but Marquise Lee is a pleasant surprise. Uh, maybe, you know, Sony Michelle stinks, Ooh, but Damian Harris is running a little bit. If you get a 50-50 split around him, then I think it's possible that he could, you know, rush for 500 yards, throw for 3,000 yards, and be a, I don't know, 
28 to 32 touchdown quarterback with, you know, 10 interceptions. Like, I don't think that's unrealistic to say Cam Newton, if healthy, could do that. I think they go from, like, I had them with nine or 10 wins before this. Like, I had them better than most people think. I think they're back to what they were before. I think they very well could be an 11, 12 win team if Newton plays to what we think he could play. Like you, like you said, not the MVP like, but just a good solid quarterback. And yeah, you need other things to go your way. But I just think that they're, the team is better than most people think. And Cam puts them back to that 11, 12 win range. That said, the immediate reaction of Mike Lombardi and others was now the question is, are they in the same conversation with the chiefs? No, no, they're not. No, no they're not. No, like, no, no. But we, you know, I did this with uh mutt last night on the radio the hierarchy in my mind is Chiefs. Yep. And Ravens. then I have the Ravens as sort of the clear next yeah. team after that. No question. He has the Titans kind of in that mix. I don't think as highly. I think the Patriots could now be in Titan land. I do too. With Cam Newton. I wouldn't have put them there necessarily with Stidham. Right. No, so I, I, I agree with you. I think you've elevated a tier. and But the real question is, like, the Buffalo Bills. How do you compare to the Buffalo Bills? Uh, you're, you're, you're back to AFC's favorites. Clear, clear cut. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm willing to say clear cut favorites. I would put them back as the favorites. But the one thing, you know, we should probably rewind a little bit here because our, our station, our friends at WEEI on the air, who I'll be joining this afternoon on OMF, have, they erased their big board that used to say is Brady staying or going and it's now is who's going to start. And there are people out there, uh, Scott Zolak, who is uh, you know on our competitions airwaves, but also does preseason games, regular season games, all access. He's tied in. He's uh he's embedded in the Patriot way. So uh, take it with whatever grain of salt you want to. He thinks Jared Stidham's going to start, and he said he's basing a lot of that on talking to people, including captains of the Patriots. Which I don't know how many of those there. Are. I don't know if he just means captains from last year or people who have been captains ever, but. I mean, so Tom Brady left, right? right. So that eliminates one captain. Yep. Matthew Slater's still here. James White's still here. Um, McCourty, Devin. Devin McCourty's still here. Uh, I feel like there's David, one. David Andrews. David Andrews still here. I bet you it's Andrews. I bet you it's David Andrews. Well, he's a friend of Stidham. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you it's David Andrews. I don't even know if he's playing. Never mind Stidham. Right. Um, but at least Zoe is, you know – supposedly parroting the feelings of some teammates because immediately you remember, and we only had social media to go on. There were people, including captains and defensive players of the year who were doing like googly eyes sideways, looking at the Cam Newton signing and everybody just presumed, okay, they see, they see Cam in the locker room. He's the starter. He's the guy. Well, we also have to keep in mind too, like the Patriots blew out their social media, you know, accounts when the signing became official, they never do that for anybody. Oh, yeah. Unprecedented. Unprecedented. Um, I was surprised. I was, now, I was very I, surprised. I would like to know, was it signed off on by football or was this a uh, Fred Kirsch, Jonathan Kraft, uh, just go for it and we'll beg for forgiveness later kind of thing? And I don't know. I, I, I don't know, given the situation they're in. They're not exactly on great terms. Right. But the situation they're in is also seeing a potential, I don't know, 40% drop in revenues this season. So True. any way they can market True. the team, jerseys, revenues, excitement, they need True. to. Um, so I would like to know, been a fly on the wall in some of those discussions on how that was, you know, 
formulated, but certainly it was unprecedented. They don't do that. And it's going to look weird. It'll be much mocked. If he stinks and he's the backup to Jared Stidham, you'll see those videos again being retweeted and promoted as right. you know, kind of funny, blah, 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 looking at it, hindsight. But I, I just – the thing I don't understand, and I, I, I have the feeling I'll be doing like four hours of this with Glenn Ordway today, is all there were all these people, these insiders, Tom Curran and other people telling me Jared Stidham wasn't going to start over Brian Hoyer. Hoyer would have to start in September, run the football, play defense. Now, suddenly, Jared Stidham's going to beat out a former NFL MVP. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Hoyer's still here. So if, if, if Cam doesn't win the job and you didn't think Jared Stidham was going to be ready to go, then shouldn't Brian Hoyer start again? Technically. By Using the part. logic of those people? Yes. Right? So yeah. I, I don't – I mean, I am rooting for Jared Stidham to start. Because if you're a Patriots fan, to me, that's the best case scenario. It means Jared Stidham came in oh, and yeah. beat out Cam Newton, and you said, this is our guy. I'm all in. I want to marry this guy. I'm going to start talking contract extensions with this guy right. because he's our guy. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that's unlikely. Because um, I actually got into an argument with our boss on the radio a couple weeks ago, right before 4th of July. He and Greg Dickerson said, all things being equal, if Cam Newton and Jared Stidham both play really well this summer in training camp and preseason, who starts? Stidham. And they both said Cam Newton. No, and I said, no. that makes no sense. Like, I get angry because they wouldn't listen to my argument. I started yelling. I, I yell a lot anyway. But well, um, that's kind of, I think we said the same thing in our last podcast about it was if, if they both are sort of the same at the end of training camp, you got to go with Stidham because you're married to him long term. He's younger, well, he's on the upside. But if they're both the same and they're stinky, I would actually go with Newton. Yeah. Because Newton yes. would have the potential to knock rust off, get healthy, get back. Sure. But if they're both the same and it's a, it's a relatively high yeah. level, yeah. I go Stidham. He's yeah. on a rookie contract. I'm tied to him for the next two years after this. And he's my 20-whatever-he-is, 23-year-old starter. I feel yeah. like I found my guy for 15 years. Correct. It made no sense to me that you would start Newton in that scenario. But – I don't know. I just – the excitement is legitimate. The competition, is it legitimate? I don't think so. I think the Patriots want it out there that we're not just anointing Cam Newton. We're not – although yes. certainly the social media stuff tweaks that a little bit. But from Bill's perspective, you want the idea that there's a competition. We're not giving him anything. Nothing's given in New England. It's earned. It's not how you got here. It's what you do once you got here and all those crappy cliches. All that being said, it would stun me. Stun me. If a healthy Cam Newton doesn't start September 13th, totally. assuming there's a game September 13th. That is true, too. One more Newton thing. Uh, I wrote a column, I think it was last week, that they should let him run as much as he wants because they're not tied to him more than just year, this year. And Like, what good does it do the Patriots having to be a drop-back passer? Like, let him run as much as he wants. If he wants to run, take those hits. Let him do it. You only have one year of him. Do you, do you follow that mindset? Yeah. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't. Um, well, because some heard, people think that he's going to get hurt and you'd lose him. But, like, Newton wants – he's playing for his next contract. The Patriots are playing right. to win. Like, let him, let him go. That's like um, saying Shaquille O'Neal should play on the perimeter. Like, right. I get, the guy's a freakish athlete and, and talent for a certain set of reasons. If you remove some of the biggest set of those reasons, then what's the point? Like, he's just a guy he, he, if you take away his strengths. So, like, I've even heard, you know, some of the, the – I will say some of the excitement is over the top for 
whether it's Randy Moss saying, you know, this oh. is going to be as fun as ever. And like, right, right, right. Or I think it was Marcus Spears talking about, you know, he gets to the third level. It's a man against boys and everything. Like, okay, relax just a little bit. But it is like you need him running. I'm not looking for him to come run some West Coast offense where dink and dunk passing. That was some of what North Turner tried to do with him. Yep. And, yeah, his, his completion percentage will go up and some of that efficiency. But are you good? Like, are you making plays? Is that the strength of your offense? Like, I don't. Almost like saying I'm not going to – I'm going to, you know, Tyreek Hill is going to become a possession receiver. Nope. I'm looking for him to get the ball in space and make people look silly with his speed. You right. play to your player's strengths. And part of Cam Newton's strengths are he can run. He can run people over. He's six foot whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I also found it interesting. Who did we talk to? We talked to somebody on Dale and Keith, And, oh, it was um, his offensive coordinator that's at BC now. Why am I drawing a blank? Yes. And he was talking about when Cam runs, he doesn't take as many hits and, and, you know, he's kind of the hammer as opposed to the nail where he gets in trouble is in the pocket. He becomes the nail yep. and takes some big hits, you know, Roethlisberger like standing tall and somebody wraps him up and then somebody else takes a pot shot. So I, I think running wise, he might be okay. It's whether, you know, his pocket presence, you know, we talked so much about Brady last year, getting rid of the football. Does Cam get rid of it? Does he run? Does he stay safe? Or does he take too many hits um, behind a line that we'll see how good the line can be? Uh, the other topic recently with the Patriots is they got some cap space. They have some money to spend. The Aaron, Aaron Hernandez, Antonio Brown grievances were settled. And the Patriots got, I think, what, six point something million dollars, close to $7 million in cap space. Now they're up to $8 million, just under $8 million in cap space. I had to think they knew this was coming, and that's the reason why they're hovering so low this entire offseason. Um, they certainly must have known or, or had an inclination that some of this was coming. Um, I don't know if they knew the timing necessarily of how it would play out. That's become a good talking point with Cam Newton. You know, Would he have taken bare-bones contract for a million dollars and 500 guaranteed if he knew this was coming? Did he know this was coming? Did his agent know it was coming? If his agent didn't know, should he have known? I think that's a legitimate question yeah, um, to be asked. It's a calm coming, or a calm, but a, a blog. Why Cam Newton has reason to be upset with his agent? I would be. And, and I don't know whether the agent, like, I don't know enough about the inner workings of the NFL and grievances. Well, to and me, what you should just do the, your, your background work. Why does his team have $500,000 in cap space for so long? Like, what, is, am I missing something here? Right. And even then, yeah, you should at least look at the books and say, oh, they got they got a uh, AB dead money here. They got into right. uh, Oh, maybe they're going to win this. Or right. I just feel like if I pay you a chunk of my salary to do everything, everything you possibly yeah. can to get the maximum value. And he didn't. Right. Otherwise, I'm mad at you. And, you know, maybe I need to look for a different agent. But well, I, um, I wrote in the thing, it's not like a fireball offense. Like it's not a huge, huge deal. But I think in the back of Cam Newton's mind, when he sees the Patriots get the salary cap money, he's kind of thinking, hey, some of that could have gone to me. Like, what, what are we doing? Right. And he's, I mean, he's going to get some of that money, like, right away. What is it, like, 13% playtime is the first yes. one? or Like, he's going to go over some of those quickly, but it's not guaranteed. I'd rather have it guaranteed if I could have gotten, you know, even if it's instead of 500000 guaranteed, it's two fifty. Right. 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 I mean, $2.5 Like, whatever. Right. That's money in the bank. That's money in the bank. And so now maybe he doesn't care because maybe to him, 
It's all about it's a, people wrong. He doesn't need money. Like he's already gotten big contracts. And it's a slap in the face either way. Okay, I'm a, I should be a $25 million quarterback, whether I make 500000 or $1.5 million. Right. They're both stupid to him, both like beneath him. I mean, what did he say in that video? He was unemployed for 86 days or something. Yeah, yeah. almost three months. Yeah. Right. So, you know, maybe it's not that big a deal, but if it were me, I would have at least a phone call with the agent being like, did you, did you know this money was coming? Should you have known this money was coming? Um, now, the, now, to continue the story, it's not that much money. It's actually no. less than, as it was put to me, teams need between 8 and $10 million for cost of doing business through, during an NFL season on the salary cap. That's um, per game bonuses that guys go over because those can be added to your cap. That's the yeah. only not likely to be earned that goes on your cap immediately. Um, but practice squad, injury settlements, additions because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah, you like, just want to have money. If, if a guy becomes available that you need, like right. you and in there, you're sitting there with less than a million dollars saying, oh, can't get him. You don't want that. And so all these like immediate jumps to Jadavian Clowney, let's go get him, newfound money. Could they try? Sure. They could try to sign him right now. A, I find it hard to believe he's going from 20 plus million a year down to six or five or right whatever. Um, and then B, now you're back where you were, where you're going to be looking to create somewhere in the range of another eight or $10 million. If you use right. all this up, well, I got to create. Now, some of that's easy. You know, I, in my mind, I'm cutting Mohamed Sanu, six and a half million dollars. I just say, yeah. um, so they could do some of that stuff, but I think it's unlikely that they're going to do anything of any significance. Um, that yeah. doesn't, they won't sign somebody. They could well, sign somebody. But. I was going to say, you're probably looking at a veteran offensive lineman, you know, a veteran sure. defensive tackle, maybe another wide receiver. Like some of those small moves might be made between now and, and, you know, the next month. But Jadavian Clowney is not, not one of those names. That would stun me. Um, it would flat out stun me. Now, it would be the story of all stories. If you had a season where you had Cam Newton and Jadavian Clowney signing with the Patriots in July for a million bucks each yeah. to, like, rehab their career and whatever. And, you know, OBJ, the way he said it. You know, Belichick, he just wants to put you in position to succeed. And, you know, I guess if Clowney looked at it that way. Now, there is the track record. He didn't really like Bill O'Brien. He didn't want to go play for Brian, Brian Flores. I don't know how that would work out um, now. And Lombardi's already called it, what do you call it, laughable or silly? Yeah, laughable, yeah, yeah. Something. I think that was uh, yesterday, yeah. And by the way, like, he, he's a friend of Belichick. He's the whisperer. He's the one that kept the Cam Newton talk. I was going to say, he nailed, he nailed the Newton thing. Right. So the guy who nailed Newton says, forget about Clowney. Um, but – I wouldn't, and we should talk about a little bit, you and I talked about this on the phone. There are these, I guess we'll get into this aspect now. There, the whole return to play, there's lots of negotiations going on, players and, and teams. And one of the rumblings that's sort of been out there is that maybe rosters won't be quite as big. They won't be 90-man rosters. So, you know, you mentioned, could they sign a D-lineman? Could they sign an offense? They might actually be getting rid of guys, you know, 20 guys to get down to a 70 or – 15 guys to get down to a 75 man roster. So I don't know how that'll play into the next few weeks or lead up to training camp and personnel, but you could also have um, one of the things they're negotiating is opt outs for players. And, you know, we haven't really heard any player opt out yet, but they could. But, no, they, they seem to come late. Look at these other sports. Nobody was saying they're going to opt out before they even returned. It came up like right at the deadline. Right. right. And, and come back. So those could be coming in the next couple of weeks the PA is negotiating for 
you know, they want guys paid if they opt out and they're in a high risk category, which by the way, almost every player in the NFL is in a high risk category. I was reading the criteria to be high risk. One is you might be, Af if you're African-American, you're automatically high risk. Well, that's a lot of the National Football League players. As Roger Goodell said in his uh, video, without black players, we have no NFL. Uh, so that's that. Um, if your BMI is above 28, I believe, you're at a high risk. A lot of NFL players have a BMI that's above 28. If you have any like sleep apnea, and, like so other than maybe like tall, skinny quarterbacks like Tom Brady, yep. most NFL players are going to be considered at risk and could opt out and potentially still get paid and get an accrued season. Um, so that's an issue that we'll be dealing with moving forward. But my bigger point is just the roster. Like we just assume it's a 90 man roster. You add who you want, you cut the bottom guy. If it gets down to a 75 man roster over a shortened training camp, I don't know how that would play into decisions of who to bring in late and how to spend money. Yes. What are you distracted by? Uh, Radio.com pitched a story to us noting the uh, best free agent running backs coming in the 2021 offseason, and James White was one of them, and I just wanted to check to make sure that was accurate. It is accurate, but I, I don't think James White will be going anywhere else besides New England. Yeah, I, I mean, I never rule anything out, but yeah. And he's also – he's a niche player. He's not – I mean, some of the, the guys that are going to be available are superstars. Like superstar running back, Saquon Barkley, right? right? I think that was the point of the whole whist, but whatever. I uh, I'm distracted. Sorry. Getting back, getting back on topic. Yes, um, focus. I guess um, we. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts you want to continue with that or move on to? Well, Joe no. Tooney? I was just going to tie into that. We're talking about cap and rosters. Today is deadline day for Joe yep. Tooney. Um, nothing's been done so far. I don't know that we really expect anything to be done other than yeah. him to play out the season on his franchise tag for well i think also the the fact that they got this eight million dollars in cap space sort of makes that more attainable they can have that big cap it because they have more money to deal with if they were down to less than a million dollars and maybe they would have been more aggressive with trying to work something out with them but now they can sort of afford that and i guess the tuny has leverage not only from the franchise tag but just his spot on the roster he's the starting left guard he's a he's the backup center and he's probably the emergency swing tackle um yeah probably so and, and he's a guy that never gets hurt now right. I don't like I don't know that you want to just bank everything on that but as a guy that never gets hurt you feel pretty good I'm gonna make 15 million dollars this year and then I'll hit free agency next year and even if the cap is down I'm still a pro bowl caliber guard who'll get Correct. decent money and I have 15 million dollars in the bank right um, I don't he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's going to take his 15 million and it'll be gone by December either. I uh, no, I think it'll probably be invested and probably turn into like 18 or $20 million. Correct. Correct. So yeah, I think he's in a, a, a very solid position for himself and you're right. I think the team is fine just playing it out the way it is. We now we have seen um, some other places where some big contracts have started to roll in, which I do think is interesting in like the, the financial uncertainty and where's the cap going and, you know, the players don't want to negotiate. They want to negotiate. It's another aspect of they don't want the cap to go down dramatically next year. Right. If so, they'd like to divide it over a couple years to keep it at a relatively high number. Um, but we've seen, you know, obviously Mahomes get 450 to $500 million potentially. Chris Jones, 80-something million dollars. Miles Garrett's getting $125 million. Not bad for a guy who tried to murder a man on the field with a helmet um, and hasn't played since. Yeah, that uh, seems like a bold move. Maybe see how things turn out. It is, of course, the Browns. <laughs> True. Um, but it, there's there's money flowing out there, and you know it seems like teams are comfortable um, 
with their business model, I guess, moving forward. And I guess it's easier for them when you have the biggest, best TV contracts in sports that gives you a certain base to work from, even if fans or, you know, day of game revenues might be down, which right. we should probably mention that Patriots. Um, and I want to get your take on this. I would, I would term it strangely announced that yeah. if they get state and local approval, we'll have 20% capacity at Gillette Stadium for games this fall. Yeah, I thought it was strange. Yeah, like, I, I, what? we live in a state that has been very slow and cautious, and it actually came on the same day where Philadelphia, not that far away in the Northeast, right. said, you're not having Eagles fans at games this year. Do the Patriots know something? Have they already negotiated? And, you know, is this a quid pro quo for their mask delivery of one point whatever million masks? And do they know that they're going to get special dispensation? Well, I would also team? wonder, was is there a financial, like, can, can fans commit to these tickets and they can get some money now? Like, But I think they already I, – I believe all the decisions on season tickets anyway were made already. Right. You either deferred or you paid or you like you figured out your lot in life already. Yeah, it just seems strange because no, nobody was like banging on the door asking, how many fans are you going to have this year? No, no. Like, and I mean, right now, there's as much uncertainty with, with football, I would say, as there has been at all. Between oh, yeah. the, the NFL and the NFLPA negotiating and like the, the power five conferences in college football are like pushing back any decision. You had a couple that already said – conference only but others are saying we're going to wait you know three weeks to get to the right. end of the month early august you know and you even see there's a lot of skepticism for college football which i've had all along i've told yes. you from the beginning i didn't think they'd be able to play and you now have places like notre dame sort of admitting that it looks like a long shot that they're going to have college football this year right. now there's talk moving it to the spring which um, would be a disaster but that's sort of another thing and in a tie-in, I think the NFL reacted to that by canceling the supplemental draft because I think there was a fear you might have this whole onslaught of people applying for the supplemental draft. Right. Um, so I, I think there's a legitimate chance college football is pushed to the spring or isn't played. And on that same day, basically, Patriots are like, yeah, twenty. we're going to have 20% capacity at Gillette Stadium this year. Like, it just felt weird. It, unless I, I made the comparison. Remember when the Red Sox fired, or, or excuse me, um, parted, parted ways. ways with Alex Cora, but said, you know, reserve judgment. We'd ask you reserve judgment. And in yep. the end, they basically got nothing. They got a slap on the wrist, nothing. Right. And I thought all along, they knew they were getting that all along. They had negotiated the out. This feels like something's already been negotiated, like that they know what's going on. Or Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, uh, Charlie Baker and Jonathan Kraft have a very good relationship. I'm sure, like you said, the mask thing was there. You know, we helped you. Can you help us out here by, you know, we just want 20% capacity. Like, we're not going to – it's not going to be – Gillette saves a huge place. Like, it's not going to be this big regular season atmosphere. Like, it'll be tied back. Everybody's outside wearing masks. Like, can we do this? The flip side of that is – and I'm not a – I've never run a business or, uh, or a massive event. To me, it's questionable if it's worth it. Like, if you're used to having 65,000 people and now you're going to have all these rules, everybody's spaced out. So I'm still opening a big chunk of the stadium. I don't know if it'll right. be the whole, whole stadium, but, like, the cost involved with that, does the 20% capacity make up for the, the – Well, the other thing I was thinking, too, not have so, so people are, are going to have to wear face coverings. Does that mean concession stands are going to be close? No beer set? Uh, no, I think 
they're open. I don't know exactly how that works. I also wonder, like, how, how can you cheer and yell? Like, it's going to totally muffle in a weird way. Right. And then the other thing I brought up with Mutt, I would not want to be a freaking, whatever they call it, CSC security guard. Oh. And you don't have a mask on. You're standing too close to that person. You're screaming right. too loud. You're spitting on Your his seat neck. over there. Why are you not? Why are you over there? You, I mean you'd have to pay me significant more than whatever my minimum wage or like 10 bucks an hour. Well, would be. I will say, I, I think people, at least in Massachusetts, are kind of like on board with like following rules. Like I, I don't think there's been many like issues with that. Right. So maybe right. in other cities, like it would probably be harder than a usual game day, but I don't think it'd be anything like over the top. Like you got like everybody there is not following the rules. Right. Screaming and yelling Trump 2020 and right. like my right constitution or whatever. Right. But I also, the one thing I, I, that wasn't included in that release really anywhere that I noticed other than free parking, like Thanks. will they allow tailgating? Well, I was or thinking like, that too. Cause the, or, I think the headlines are like, will bills fans be able to do their typical tailgates this year. Right. And if people, they might be getting more liquored up going into the game because whatever limited concessions and masks and that could be a layer. I just, I don't know. My general reaction is having 20% capacity seems like it's more trouble than it's worth that. I'm not going to make that's 13,000 fans. And are they going to spend enough money in the stadium to, to offset it worth the it, yeah. risks and the costs and the seems like it would just be easier to just keep the stadium closed, play the game, lean on my TV ratings, put my um, covered seat ads to try to make up a little bit. And I don't know. I, I, I just, I'm still dubious. I don't think there will be fans. I kind of don't think so either. I, and like, I, if, if the cases still rise, I mean, that just gives more reason. Like Charlie Bayer could, if he already signed off on this wink, wink, nod, nod thing, he could pull that back in two months. Right. Maybe cry. <laughs> I appreciate the masks, but I can't let you have fans. And then I'm sure Jonathan would not be happy with that either. But but to your point, I'd like to see the the whatever the the, the books on that. Like, what are the costs? What are the like? Right. How how is this? How much money are you actually making? Like, what's the what's the the top dollar you're making from this? And is it worth? It? Right. I I because again, free parking. So you eliminated those people paying fifty bucks to get in to right. park. You're and not going to get the max concession sales. Nope. And then you also, like, there's some people that won't go. Like, I know my wife wouldn't go. Right. My wife would, if you said, let's go hang out with 13,000 people, we're going to be distanced, but it's football. It's, we can sit home and watch it on TV and have a really good time. Right. Like, and even, even the idea of being at the game isn't as enticing because, like, 13,000 people at Gillette Stadium is nothing. It's, no, it's not, it's not, you're not getting the same atmosphere. No buzz, no electricity. And I also, I'm thinking more about, I mean, this is like deep in the weeds, like game production stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if the in-stadium, like entertainment is more geared towards like TV as opposed to keeping you entertained in the stands. Uh, could be. Like, could do you be. think, like, they're not going to have like, you know, uh, these halftime things with like, you know, Ty Law coming back and like nope. this and that, like. Nope. I, I think the whole thing is going to look different and like there's going to be not much gain from being at the stadium. Yeah. I, I'm still dubious. A that a that July 28th will be training camp. I think that's, there's a good chance that gets pushed back. I'm still dubious of the NFL playing at all. I know a lot of people are now calling for even our own Ken Laird, pushing the season back, pushing it to spring. Um, Tom Curran's been kind of on them, maybe push it back a month. Like a month. Yeah. Which I don't know if that's a good idea or not. Yeah, I don't I don't know know that makes sense, but... Um, 
to me, that's not long enough to get to a vaccine, even though we've had good, you know, uh, right. progress on potential vaccines. Most of them say earliest would be end of the year, beginning of next year. So pushing it back actually flies in the face of all the prior um, science evidence that we're going to have a second wave and flu season is going to converge with this Corona season. And, and oh my God. It's, so I still have, and I still think the tone of a lot of players, the McCordy's and Chung and yeah. Jonathan Jones seems really, um, I won't say they're showing their hand, but they are kind of showing their hand that they are very hesitant that this is going to happen and they, that they want to do this. Uh, anything else to get to before we, we wrap this podcast up? We miss anything? Yeah, the most important thing. What? You're supposed to have a random off-topic curveball question every podcast. Got one. No, you don't. You just, you're thinking about it right oh, now. I got one. I thought of it actually as you were talking. Oh, okay. Thanks for listening. I was listening the entire time. Uh, are you a big mayo on your cheeseburger guy? No. Ugh. Why? I've never had mayo on a cheeseburger. Why? That's the only thing I put on it. Oh, what is wrong with you? Um, <laughs> well, I, I guess, wait, what, like, does, I mean, I haven't had McDonald's in forever, but does a Big Mac come with mayo or is it just the special sauce or whatever? I, I, I don't think I can give you an accurate answer because I haven't been to McDonald's in that long either. But no, if I make my own burger or I go to like five guys and you pick your toppings, no, never, ever. First of all, I don't eat mayo at all, almost. Oh, I put mayo um, on everything. I'm a Miracle Whip guy. I like Miracle Whip. Not, no, gross. Tuna fish. Yeah. Um, I, I, mayo, mayo. I, use, I use mayo as my dipping sauce, my fries. Ugh, it's like congealed lard or something. No, I like it. It's disgusting. Now, I will say there's this new um, trend of these weird tweener sauces, yep. dips, and things. Yep. yep. Like I got a Hidden Valley Ranch special sauce, I think it literally is called. Um, Ortega makes this taco. Um, it's like a mix of taco sauce and ranch and mayonnaise or something. Yep. I'm intrigued by some of those. I, yep. I like some of those. But regular mayo, I kind of makes my stomach turn. Like it, it, to me, mayo looks like something that was previously good. Like, like, you know, when you make bacon and the pan's greasy and then if you leave it, it turns to the white grease. Yep. That's uh, what I think of with mayo. Something that congealed and went bad and you're just loading it up on everything. I think mayo sucks. I, first of all, when you started that question, I thought it was a Gerard Mayo question. I was like, are you a Gerard Mayo guy? Because I am. I think Gerard Mayo is going to be a really good coach, maybe a head coach someday. So that was a good curveball because I bit. I was swinging at it. Oh, looks fastball. Oh, it had late bite. Um, but yeah, I think mayo sucks. My wife likes mayo though. My wife puts, my wife actually puts blue cheese dressing on a lot of Ugh. blue cheese. I'm not a blue cheese fan. N not even like with wings. Nope. Ranch. Uh, nah, I so love Got to have blue cheese. I also like blue cheese with any, um, chicken pizza, Buffalo chicken, gold fever chicken, all those pizzas. I like to dip those in blue see, cheese dressing. See, I'm the way around. I like to dip the crust in the ranch. Yeah. I'm not a big ranch guy. See, but, I guess we're opposites. I'm a, I'm a big ranch and mayo guy. You're a big blue cheese and no mayo guy. Yeah, I, I, the mayo thing. So you just put mayo on a burger? Yep. Bacon and cheese? Yeah, I could do that. That's just No, I am a traditional. And if I have the option, I'll do pickles too. Oh, I like pickles. 
but I'm more of a traditional like mustard, relish, ketchup. Gross. Sometimes a barbecue sauce. I could do barbecue sauce here and there, but the ketchup, ketchup mustard, relish, gross. You think ketchup's gross and mayonnaise is good. Yeah, this says a lot about you. Remember that was a that was a late developing like I liked ketchup growing up, but then I, there was just a point that I just I just don't like it anymore. Yeah, you're a weird eater. What was I your know. Thanksgiving? Didn't we have Thanksgiving? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't like. I'm, I'm not a big tur- I'm not a big turkey guy. So I did the ham, mac and cheese, and rolls. Yeah, you uh, you're a curious eater. I this know. plays into your uh, serial killer reputation a little bit. All right. Uh, okay, that was a good curveball. I appreciate it. Good. All right, so we'll, uh, I, guess we'll, I guess we're back to regular podcasts. Sure, unless I take a week or two off at some point soon. We have a lot of radio coming up, but we can fit in. You have, you have radio today, and we're fitting a podcast in, so. Yeah. And then we'll have supposedly training camp. I mean, there'll be so-called stuff to really talk about if I'm one of the few selected to be there. Well, it starts in 13 days, which means anybody that wants to be there should already be quarantining and getting tested and all those things. That is true. That is true. Including you. How many times are you going to get tested? Well, I, I'm, I think I'm going to be the outside credentialed guy, like not inside. So I don't think I, I have to be tested. Okay. That's so, good. Yeah. But I'll, I'll, I'll be, be your back. You are. You're, you're listed as the secondary contact. Secondary Perfect. attendee. Yep. Just tell them not to ever contact me. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll be back next week. We have to get our, you know, subscribe, follow us. The, the off-day Twitter, it's, it's actually had stuff. I've been um, tweeting out stuff for our questions that we've been doing on our, our series. Yeah, we didn't even get to our 20-question series. Keep so reading those, though. They're coming daily. There's more action on our Twitter. Subscribe, iTunes, five stars, reviews. Please, thank you. And uh, stay away from mail. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Yeah.